millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and this is Merritt Larwood. Hello, I hope you're enjoying your July time where no one really goes to the cinema mm-hmm. except for parents with horrible children cannot sit still make noise and all the films are shit so stop listening to this now <laughs> what, about for, what about that for a start stop listening to this now yeah. go about your business Rejoin us again in a month or so. Mind your own bloody... Go and listen to a podcast that's got something to say for itself. There's some kids' releases out. They, they Some fairly big kids' releases out at the moment. You know, Minions and uh, Inside Out. Inside Out? Uh, it's not out yet, but nearly out. Someone said they saw that Inside Out. Because they're, they're doing a pre, they're doing a special thing at a, um, at a cinema. You get to go and see a surprise film at the Odeon. Oh, Really? And it was Inside Out. Okay. Like a preview thing. But Inside Out's like number four. We've been playing... The listeners of recent weeks will be excited to hear about our ongoing game, which has set the film world on fire. It has set the film world on fire. I mean, everyone is now playing the Film Fandango IMDb game. What is the Film Fandango IMDb game? Well, you go on to what is called the IMDb 250 which is the highest rated 250 films on the internet movie database. And counting down from the most successful film of all time, uh, which is Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Redemption, you go through until you hit a film you have not seen, and that is your score. And uh, we're trying to see who can get the highest score. Now, Marek beat me with a, a 35 to 6 or something uh, previously. Um and we're trying to go through and watch films so we can get our scores higher. I'm just watching one of the ones in the top 100. Inside Out is actually at number, a new release, at number 46. So even if you've Not bad. Is that the highest ranking Pixar then? Um, I th- should think. I think it is. It is ahead of uh, Toy Story. Wow. Toy Story 2, which I think is the best one. Anyway, I it's all about summer releases. And I've been to see a summer release. I was very much looking forward to. Yeah. Because one of my best ever film experiences was with my friend John Bradley, summer of, I don't even know. 69. It, it was the summer when, of 1991 it must have been, or 92, 91, when Terminator 2 Judgment Day came out. 
Yes. And we went to Lake Cinema, which basically is a warehouse. Yeah. Uh, with a small screen on the Isle of Wight. I've told the story before. It's a good place for uh, those uh, 1980s action movies or warehouse. Well, 19, they're all ni- quite 1990s. 1990s. They're all quite uh, industrially. It wasn't. It was just a market shed. It was like oh, a posh really? garden shed. Anyway, we watched Terminator 2. Number 41 on IMDb's top 250 and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. Fantastic film. So now, cut to... Summer of... 69. 2015. Okay. The now bald Mary Larwood... Yep. ...in Manchester... Trying to relive his childhood. Went to the AMC on the Saturday afternoon by himself. Yeah. Really bland. Basically, it's just a machine, that place. You go in, there's no real... You go booth. in, you buy your stuff. You buy a ticket from a machine, you don't speak to anyone. And then you fuck off. Mm. <laughs> That's what cinemas are these Don't days. Don't speak to anyone. There are some annoying kids in front of me. And a lot of men wearing two tight t-shirts, really muscly, big... Two as in double O or W. No, uh, double O. Two t-shirts. Wearing two tight... I mean, that's why, because the first t-shirt, they're wearing two t-shirts. Oh, God, so they must have been hot in there. Imagine having one tight t-shirt, but two, two tight, tight t-shirts. t-shirts. And it's difficult to say as well. Two tight t-shirts. Yeah. There's yeah. a tongue twister for you, if you are thinking cool. of going... Tight T-shirt. Doing a performance. It's a lovely vocal warm-up. So what happened? The the trailers uh, began uh, and you were excited. You were hoping for the spiritual third instalment of the Terminator franchise that we've all been hoping yeah. for. This is a load of shit. It's a total <laughs> bollocks. It's just nonsense. Yeah. It, it's when time-travelling movies go too far, but it, it is... To, the only good thing about this film is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Tell tell us the synopsis of what what is what is the basic setup of this. Well, movie. everyone knows of Terminator Two movies and John, what's his name? John uh, Connor. John Connor, as usual, is uh, in the future, and then the Terminators are going to go back in time again to try and kill Sarah Connor, his mother, as they always seem to do every single film. Yeah. And this time, um, they go back, and they go, f- and they realise that something's happened in the future, which has changed the past again. So Sarah Connor knows about the Terminator, and is already friends. When he- she's been raised by one, hasn't she? Or- she's been raised by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's been sent back. In yeah. a- There's so many weird time things going on here; it's impossible to keep track of. Right, it doesn't really make sense. And it's just bollocks. And there's no point doing it because you think, well, you've just jumped, you know, the expression, jump the shark. There's so much going on here that I'm not willing, in Terminator 2, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief yeah. for that much. Now it gets so ridiculous where Arnie's fighting himself at the start and a weird sort of, here's another, here's one sent back from this time. I can't even, I watched yeah. it about a week and a half ago. I can't even remember what happened to the plot, but it's just a mess. Doesn't make sense. So instantly, you think, I don't care. Are they doing the now on Vogue thing of doing a uh, multiple realities time travel story so that they can justify to themselves creating a new franchise that can run and run and run? Well, that's basically what I was trying to say Okay, in about five minutes. Sure. Yeah. But it's exactly what um, Star Trek did in the J.J. Abrams ones. It's exactly what the X-Men movies did with um, Days of Future Past. And it's tedious. It, it's It's... It's like watching um, a board meeting of a huge corporation 
deciding how they're going to project their plans into the future rather than they're telling us a, a 90 minute story it's so boring that we as we as watchers of films have to sit through these crap yeah Terminator um, 2 has got some of the, probably I think one of the best ever car chase scenes with a bike and, and it, immediately you've got a, a vulnerable kid yeah, uh, and that makes it. You've got all the art, sort of nostalgia of the arcades, and you feel as if you're going doing the things that kids do. Yes, so you feel on his side, and it's got a brilliant scene in the prison and the, the metallic Ter- well, one Terminator of- Two, one of the best evil villain creations. Oh, the guy incredible! Um, is it Robert Patrick? I think so. Yeah, oh, yeah. And there's a version of the Terminator Two. There's an even. The next level up, Terminator. You just can't. It was well, but let's not forget, good. there's been Terminator Three in between as well, I and Terminator Salvation. Yeah. Now, Terminator Three uh, is shot like it's a made-for-TV movie, or even shot like it's an episode of Columbo. There are <laughs> there are um, dialogue scenes where it genuinely looks so fucking cheap, and then there's ridiculous chases there's one with Arnie on the back of um, a, a fire engine ladder as it screams down the street and it swings out over the thing and the Terminatrix who is the female Terminator who has the ability to remote control police cars for some reason um, right. has just sent them drown- and I remember watching it in the cinema and during that scene which is supposed to be the big sort of uh, show stopping number from this movie I remember just sort of waking up in the cinema, uh, you know, in myself and going, I think this might be the most expensive thing that has ever bored me rigid I'm watching right now. Right in the middle of the chase. It was the most tedious thing I've ever seen. And then Salvation was even just more confused. Just That was McGee and uh, Christian Bales in it and uh, what's his name, Sam Worthington. And just made just crap. They seem to have completely lost how to tell a good story and that's what James Cameron was so good at in his early movies you know and he's not bad at it now I mean Avatar's just a bit lame in its story but it at least makes sense but I think I don't know what you think but there seems to be I think these books that I don't know if people are aware of them but books like um, Into the Woods and uh Robert McKee's story and all of these. I think the arc, the 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 arc and analysis of structure and how every story is the same. I think they've done a huge amount of damage to the quality of films being produced in Hollywood because every producer who's read that book thinks as long as they hit these beats, they are telling a good story, and they're wrong. Just mm. because you have a big turn in the middle and uh, they hit their lowest ebb and then get propelled into the end doesn't mean it's a good story. And, and often your your scenes in between are completely nonsensical. This is almost the same as Terminator Two in in some bits where they have to go and destroy this time machine, like they had to destroy the original Terminator's hand. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, but just done slightly worse. Right. And the guy who's here in this one is played by Jay Courtney. He plays Carl Reese. Jay Courtney, you might remember him if you've seen the equally terrible uh, Die Hard, uh, A Good Day to Die Hard. Yeah. Absolutely awful, and he is in this, and he is awful. He's totally uncharismatic. This actor. Well, from the trailer, and that's all I can go on. He he seems sort of anonymous and boring, and then the guy playing John Connor seemed totally without charisma for a for a villain. And because spoilers, it's in the trailer. John Connor turns out to be made of nanobots. Or oh, something. does it? Oh, it's in the, it's trailer, in the trailer. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is always watchable, and I think you realise how good he is. It's not Amelia c- Clark. I think is probably a good actress, but she is no Sarah Connor. Yeah, she she's doesn't right, have yeah. that just hardness that Linda Hamilton had. Linda Hamilton in Terminator Two, I think, is one of the greatest tough women performances of all time. And what's Up great, there with Ripley. What's you know? great is that she actually worked out for that part. So yeah. the difference between her. In Terminator to Terminator 2, where she's actually gone. Yeah, I mean the difference between the beginning of Terminator 1 and the end of Terminator 1 is is brilliant performance. Yeah. But then the transformation into 2, it's just great. I mean, I, I, I didn't not enjoy it. Where Die Hard, A Good Day, Die Hard was absolutely awful. Mm. I've been saying this film is, ru- is rubbish, but it is watchable. Okay, it is watchable. So I give it maybe five marics, and if you want to turn your brain off. Yeah, but, but you didn't see. All of three or salvation. I started so watching can't... three, and I thought I can't watch this because I don't want it to sully the memory of yeah, it's Terminator terrible. Two. Um, and salvation, you didn't see. That? I think I've seen a bit of that on TV. And I thought I don't. I think they should just someone should legally go in and say, right, if you're going to make a film, we're only going to release this if it's a certain standard. Yeah, there should be some the film. I don't know what it's called. The guy behind the board of how the film should say no. We don't want to ruin the memory. It's almost like a news story that you don't want to... Oh, right. Nelson Mandela, what? He wants to put his dick in a goat. Right, we're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's going to ruin the rest of it. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't do that. I'm not saying he did. I've not heard any rumours about that. No. It's just pointless, really. See it on TV when it comes out in about three years' time, and then I'll challenge you to see if you can remember the start of it by the time you've got to the end. Yeah, I'm I'm so sick of time travel narratives trying to set up every every franchise to be the new Marvel franchise because it's what everyone wants to do now. They all want an extended universe. But the whole thing is just to hold. Why have they carried on going with the John Connor Sarah Connor thing? Yeah, they they could have been more imaginative. I read I read people's articles about it. Do something completely different. Why, if they really wanted uh, John Connor to never exist, why didn't they? you know, kill his great-great-grandparents. Why didn't they? They go back and a Terminator kills Christopher Columbus, so America's never never exists in the first place, and then John Connor would never exist. If they can travel to anywhere, that would be great. I mean, the, uh, the, a Christopher Columbus versus the Terminator would be Or fantastic. even a 1920s steampunk. Yeah, like. yeah, it'd be interesting, you know, at yeah. least change it, mix it up a bit. Um, but that was, it was, um, that would be, that would be, yeah, that's a generally... But just leave John and Sarah Connor. Like they're, they're done. Those characters are done, and they've been done brilliantly as well. Yeah, like I don't think bringing John Connor back has ever worked. Like Edward Furlong, I thought was excellent in that yeah. role. Weirdly, sort of good for, and sort of the only real performance of his career apart from American History X that anyone remembers. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. Okay, well that's that. It sounds pretty much what I guessed it was going to be like which is why I didn't go to see it I think you can on the basis of the previous one you're exactly right you can guess what this film's going to be yeah. a really average cinema experience and far too much CGI right? yeah I mean it's just a waste of time <laughs> well there you go everyone who made Terminator Genesis you're wasting your lives you're just pooping on memories uh, and probably getting paid handsomely for it. So well done, you. Um, right, do we have any letters? Yeah, we've got some letters. Yeah. What, what do you want to read want? it? Yeah, I'll read a letter. What's this? <coughs> right. If you want to write in, yes, 
and we do appreciate letters because without letters, this middle bit will just be really high pitched. Uh, what boop sound? Yeah, beeps. Yeah. What's that sound called? Boop. Oh, flatlining. Yeah, flatlining. Yeah. Um, so that if you want that to happen, don't write any letters. Yeah. But if you'd like to write a letter, then do email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. And someone who's done just that is Luke Sadler. Uh, does he say where he'd like to be from? No, I don't think he does. Uh, where's Luke going to be from? Um, Austria, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God. Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the hardest voices. It's so strange. I'll give it a go. But yeah. it's... Um, Good. Good luck, David. Thank you. Hi, Merrick, David and Buddy. After a recent bout of man flu that sent me into the vaults of Netflix, UK, US and French sites, trolling for gold, I hit upon the great double bill of Nightcrawler and The Guest, featuring two stellar performances from their leads. In Nightcrawler, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a blue-eyed grinning sociopath, and in The Guest, Dan Stevens plays a blue-eyed grinning psychopath. Both films are fairly, fairly light on plot, but are great character studies of two individuals with their own unique flavors of personality disorder. Nightcrawler also has some nice, but not too subtle, jabs at the state of modern news media, and the guest has a great soundtrack and those kinds of crash, quick jump cut titles that Danielle likes. You may have touched on these films before, but I'd give them both eight looks, so well worth checking out. As an aside, have you ever listened to someone on the radio and you create a mental picture of what they look like, but then you eventually see a picture of them and they look completely different? Well, this very thing happened with your podcast. Long have I listened to buddies, often wittily timed interjections into the proceedings, and have you pictured him as a stout golden retriever. But lo and behold, upon inspecting your Facebook page, I find he's a spaniel of some sort. Reading that back, perhaps I have my own unique flavor of personality disorder too. But hey ho, don't we all keep watching the films? Cheers, Luke Sadler. I mean, that was sort of a bit Christopher Walken. And it was a bit. I'm not very good at Arnold. It's very hard that to do. It's all over your screen as well. I'm sorry about That's that. That's all right. Needed a clean. Um, so yes, if you'd like to go onto our Facebook page and amongst other things, see what Buddy looks like, then go to facebook.com forward slash film fandango and just, you know, bicker at each other. Um, yes, we've talked about uh, we've talked about Nightcrawler before. Excellent film. Uh, the Guest I've not seen. Have you seen The Guest? No, not cool. We talked about the guest. I don't even know anything about. No, no. Okay. Well, thank you, Luke. We'll have a look for that one. Uh, who else has written in? Loads of people. Actually, not many. <laughs> Alan Sharp, and he's asked for, for you to do. Uh, he wants to choose you to do it in a, a Morgan Freeman accent. Okay. Again, very poor impressions. He said it's the order of the day. Third time writing. First was an amusing South African accent. The last was Merrick sounded like he was having a seizure. If I had to choose an accent, it would be David's Morgan Freeman. Okay. Well, here we go. Here we Thanks go. A- Thanks a lot, Alan. <laughs> Fucking Battersea. You might have been having a seizure, to be fair. Yeah. That's Alan Sharp. I'm looking forward to reading out a letter, but now I can't because you're such an arsehole. Oh, no. Don't, don't turn off on people, you know. Let them be. Let them be. Alan Sharp. Right. Morgan Freeman. Based purely on one-line one summary describing the premise and the actors involved, 
my wife and I went to see Love and Mercy, a mostly accurate portrayal of the life of Beach Boy and otherwise talented yet troubled Brian Wilson. I have not yet seen any promotion for this film whatsoever, and yet it was an impressive film around a compelling story featuring many brilliant actors. This involved one part from the 60s, Paul Dano playing the young Brian Wilson, and another from the 80s with John Cusack playing the older version of Brian, struggling with the issues that have haunted him for the last few decades. Add Elizabeth Banks for an over-dramatized yet watchable portrayal of his now wife, and Paul Giamatti as the utterly horrific and yet real doctor who took over Wilson's life. Paul Giamatti is amazing at playing people who make you want to hate Paul Giamatti. The 60s part are the best. Dano is convincing in appearance, and the scenes of recording iconic tracks and on tour are shot superbly to look like documentary footage from the time. This was really good. Well acted and still surprising that it has zero promotion here in the UK. It was definitely a breath of fresh air on the current wave of rather bland, somewhat boring, lengthy biopics. Which leads me to ask, what's the film you've been most pleasantly surprised by having heard nothing about beforehand, and what truly is your favorite biopic? This was a solid eight and a half Allens, and probably the best thing I've seen this year. Alan Battersea, in a tale as old as time. <laughs> I can see why people like listening to Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I wanted that email to go on forever. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Oh, I think we should just do that as Morgan Freeman from now on. Well, should we just uh, answer the, the questions? What 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 films have you seen knowing nothing about them at all? I'm racking my brains. I mean, that's that's hard to recall. I used to go to the when I worked night shifts. I used to go to the library because I couldn't sleep. Yeah, my local library in Crouch End, and go and just and it was something like a pound to hire any video from there. So I think I'd take a punt on three videos. Yeah. And things that I really enjoyed, I didn't know anything about, were The Battle of Algiers. Okay. Elling, I remember, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Uh, at the cinema, it's quite hard for us to escape them. Not Headhunters. Headhunters is a really good one. I knew nothing about, and the poster was just two guys in suits, but I was like, I'll give this a go, and it's fantastic. This year, I didn't know anything about It Follows. I hadn't seen any trailers for it, and I was really impressed. I thought it would be rubbish. Brilliant film, It Follows. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was his second question at the bottom of that? It was... Uh, it. What was your... What was your favourite biopic? Is that your Morgan Freeman? Yeah. <laughs> favourite biopic? Urgh, biopic. 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 Biop... Biopic. Biopic. What was... <laughs> Biopic. I mean, just carry on like this, that's fine. <laughs> uh, what, how do you say it? Biopic. Biopic. I mean, if in doubt, do whatever I'm, the opposite to whatever I'm, I'm doing, and you'll probably be right. Okay. Um, what's my favourite biopic? Uh, it sounds wrong now, I've said it too many times. I don't know, I don't know if they're, they're often a bit. I enjoyed the look of love. I saw that recently. I thought that was a bit tedious. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I quite enjoyed it. Is it because it's got a lot of comedian friends in it? So they yeah, I just thought it wasn't really. Um, I gave up halfway through. Or I started watching, went to bed, and when those films, you think, um, do you know what? I'm 
not going to carry that on with that. Is and no, Anvil's documentary, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Ten Riddington Place. <laughs> is that a biopic? Well, it's a real-life case of a serial killer, isn't sure. it? Sure. I don't know if it's a biopic, but okay. How would you classify it? Uh, I think it's got to sort of be about one person through a large proportion Here's a great one. of their life. One of the great ones, The Damned United. Yeah, very good. About Brian Clough, which is an amazing one. Yeah. Uh, with um, Michael, what's his name? Sheen. Doing a brilliant performance in that one. Timothy Spall as Timothy Spall. Yes. Um, try and find some more. I mean, that really stands out. Yeah. Yeah. We just need some filler here while we are through our IMDb. Filler. This is where you need elevator elevator music. There's not many. There's not many in my top list. They they always seem a bit. Uh, Oscar Beatty these the theory days. Of everything is quite yeah. good. Not uh, the re- of recent ones. Mm. Mm. It looks like um, and that looks like about it. Yeah, I don't tend to watch them. That's the thing. You know, there have been quite a few uh, about musicians, especially. There was that Jimi Hendrix one with Andre Three Thousand in it, and then the uh, uh, Ray as well that uh, Jamie Foxx did. And I've just not really gone to see these. Okay, well, thanks for. Oh, uh, tell you what's really good. What? Mezrine parts one and two. I was slightly bored by Merine. How do you pronounce it? Merine. Yeah. The the French pronounce it Merine. Uh, yeah, but Mezrine, I suppose, is fine. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, was alright. I didn't really know why they liked him so much. He seemed just like a your regular violent dick, really, but. Well. That's your problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Guess it. So, have you been to see? I'm going to carry on scrolling down. Sure. Have you been to see a film this week? Yes, I have. Well, I have um, been trying to up my IMDb 250 score. Um, so, I saw the highest-rated movie I have not yet seen, which is Twelve Angry Men. That is at number eight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's um, the thing about our game as well. Interestingly, as is. The list will change. So week to week, as new films are released, when good films are released, your score might plummet. And um, do you think it lived up to... First of all, tell everyone who hasn't... Um, 12 Angry Men, yeah. if you don't know, is um, a story about a jury who, at the beginning of the film, the very beginning of the film, they enter a uh, room in the courthouse, uh, having heard the discussions from the prosecution and the defence about a young boy who uh, allegedly stabbed his father to death. Um, And they uh, go in and they have to, as you may know in American court system, they have to have a unanimous verdict from the jury. And so they have a vote to say who currently thinks they're uh, guilty and who thinks He's in. He's uh, the verdict should be not guilty, and eleven of them say guilty, and one man um, says not guilty. Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda, and the entire film is set in that room, and it is an examination of of guilt and culpability and uh, reasonable doubt and their own personal prejudices and all sorts. It's just a. It's a sort of. It's sort of wanky to say, but it's just a tour de force of writing and performing, isn't it? I mean, the the 
The direction is superb, but stark. It's I not... know Perry Mason's in it. Who else is in it? <laughs> Perry Mason. It, I mean, it's an old film, so it, all the, every member of the cast is now dead. Um, but uh, and I, they're not the kind of people whose names spring instantly to mind either. I'm afraid. But Lee J. Cobb, of course, Lee J. Cobb, who we know from. Have you seen? You've seen this film. I've seen this film about ten years ago. Uh, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was absolutely excellent. I mean, I, what I thought was surprising, actually, in going back to what we were saying about storytelling, actually, was I pretty much knew from the beginning what the outcome was going to be. I knew where it was heading from the very start. Uh, not because I'm clever, but because that's where, that's where it was but all you pointing. you are quite clever, David. Thanks, Mary. Um, but... The journey was still incredibly enjoyable. It, like, it was so well written that you just you 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 forget all of that stuff and you just follow it. And I I thought it was just excellent. I mean, it's a, it's an old absolute classic, so it feels weird to be sort of going. No, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of the Godfather films, but they are really quite good. Quincy's in it. Quincy? Is it? No, he isn't. Yes, he is. Is he? Yeah, Quincy is Jack Klugman. Quincy. He is Jura 5. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. No, it's... Do you think it deserves to be in the top 10 films of all time? That's an interesting in question. I, I don't know how influential it was because I wonder if that's part of it. When it's really, really old films, it's often because, you know, they did something that no one had done before. This is ba- it's a bottle episode. It's a bottle episode and it's basically a play. And it was a play first. But is it there um, because it's just what the. the almost uh, symbolic of the uh, what America stands for and its legal system of justice and do you think possibly yeah yeah and but it's also an examination of men very much so i mean the title 12 angry men is very significant and isn't immediately apparent why it's called that and it's and that is at the root of you know this this to it's set up right at the beginning that if it's a guilty verdict they will be sending this teenager to the electric chair there, mm. there, there's no ifs or buts about it so that is what's at stake and so uh, Fonda's character basically wants them to be absolutely certain rather than to just go yeah he's guilty I know he's guilty and, and treat a human life with that amount of sort of breezy contempt really but it's no it's it's excellent it's excellent work but it's probably this is I mean every single other courtroom drama has got elements of this and, yeah. and so many TV courtroom things yeah 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 we've influenced. seen it a lot since so it's quite hard to I, I don't know if it would make it in my top ten ever I don't think it would because it's not, not original that, enough and it's not that cinematic I would you know it's brilliant uh, to watch but it's for me, I think I got as much out of watching it on a television, uh, which I did, than I would seeing it in the cinema. Um, I, th- I think it's probably at its best, I would say, this story probably on the stage. I think that would be a really... Have you seen it on the stage? I haven't, I haven't. They did a comedian's version of it, didn't yeah, they, up yeah. in Edinburgh? Who was in it? Just like loads remember. of people, like Phil Nickel and people. Um, yeah, I don't think I can't have to watch it again, but... What's your IMDb score now? Uh, well, wherever Interstellar is. Interstellar's the next one I've not seen, and that's going to be a bit of a slog. That's one that will drop down, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, Interstellar is nearly three hours long, and I'm not as much a fan of Nolan as other people are. Interstellar is at number 28. 
28. Okay, so 28 is now my score. Okay. Um, there's no point me giving uh, uh, 12 angry uh, men a score. Uh, I would give it 12 angry Davids. Okay. Well, that's about it, isn't it, for this week? Yeah, why not? We'll be back next week with uh, more films. So, in the meantime, keep watching, watching the, the films. films. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.